Welcome to What's My Thesis. I am your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, I am just going to do a freestyle episode because I've been working my ass off. I'm off furlough. And I want to sort of just talk about how surreal that experience is first off. But in general, I am just super exhausted. And the episodes that I have banked are from several months back. So I want there to be a context for where I'm at now as opposed to where I was then. Because I'm no longer just sitting around waiting for things to happen to me. I am entrenched in just regular daily life. Uh, I work in a retail operation. The store is completely open again. We don't have, you know, a limited quantity of people that come in. We got full hours. Everything is back to normal except everybody's working, wearing masks and we disinfect everything. And um, I know for a lot of people that wasn't the case. A lot of people just worked through. But I always had a hard time relating with that experience because I was so fucking crazy with despair and... Uh, not that the despair and the impotent rage has gone away, but it's fucking crazy to sort of sit back and digest everything that's happening going into this election. I don't, this isn't going to be one of those episodes where we talk about how important, important this election is. I actually don't think it really fucking matters. I think that the biggest thing that happens in the world right now is that, um, People that think they're on the left are actually fascists, which is one of the things that's really terrifying to me because it really reminds me of, I don't know, I, you know, my experience is with Italian fascism. I definitely want to dive into it a lot deeper than I have. So I want to say that with a caveat there, but just the the impulse to feel like you're doing something right when you're doing something incredibly horrible, like censorship and things like that. Deplatforming is getting out of hand. The whole cancer culture. I think in some corners, and I've said this before, but in some corners of the world, and I mean, not the world, just like in some communities, there's dialogue that's happening that is relevant and very important in terms of figuring out how people want to be addressed and how people want to be identified. And I think that that's very healthy. But then at the same time, I think that there's this faction of people that take that work that is legitimate and well-intentioned and uh, it becomes this cultural war that keeps getting getting fueled by both sides. And I know that that's like a, a, um, a Bill O'Reilly term the culture war and whatever, and it's a very right-wing term. But to some degree, there is a open focus, or let's not a, not an open battle, but an op- like a very f- a focused attention that I feel is very much designed to keep class struggle out of the discourse entirely. And I think that a lot of fascists that are legitimately 
bad faith fascists in positions of power use that. And I think that there's a pragmatism. You know, this is not anything new that I'm breaking down, but I think that as a white passing person who interacts with a lot of, a Hispanic person who interacts with a lot of, uh, well, like just Caucasian women in general, I find that as a white passing person, they are very racist. <laughs> so if that is my experience, even people on the left say really fucked up things. That's how you get people like Karens and whatnot. I don't actually think that if someone said the N-word, you know, the 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 chick from the park who called the cops on the bird watcher and then it turns out that she called the cops again or she called 911 again and said that he had assaulted her. You know, all of that shit is real and not really discussed because it makes, you know, people uncom uncomfortable in the culture. But I, um, I think that there is this thing where if you're cloaking yourself in the struggle of other people, right? For example, I, I said I had a story on Instagram where I talked about how I, I you know, I was relating to someone else's story. It was a white woman and she was saying, uh, you, you know, she, like she had asked me a question earlier and then she was upset with the way that I responded because I didn't agree with her. And I thought the question was kind of upsetting because she said things like, I wouldn't be in this. I would never want to be in the same room with Biden, but I'd vote for him. And I think that that's like. That's so, so, such a gross way to simplify the evil that this man has fucking done <laughs> to communities of color. And so when you co-opt the struggle of minorities, including Latin Americans, who is what I feel comfortable speaking for, although it, the same thing applies to black and uh, communities of, uh, you know, queer communities, all communities that have some level of oppression, uh, uh, and people whose struggle is compounded by being also queer and Hispanic. You know, but like we generalize, right? We think that Republicans are homophobic, but Miami Republicans are not because they have a lot of kids that are gay, <laughs> you know? And it's so it's this weird dynamic that like nobody's a monolith. And when I see people co-opting the struggle specifically of Latin Americans and saying things like, you know, we got to get kids out of cages, that's incredibly offensive to me because that, that's just outright ignorance. And that's ignorance of shit that happened less than four years ago. Uh, so to some degree, I'm very frustrated with my own quote-unquote allies the people that proclaim to care about the things that interest me and the people who I connect with because I speak Spanish because I, I grew up in Central America. I, you know, my identity is very deeply rooted. I've never even been to Cuba. So think about that. Just as an American, I can't go to Cuba for most of my life. I'm going to give Obama credit for taking that down. But then, you know, was that really a good thing for them? <laughs> in terms of like how everybody was talking about how we want to go to 
to Cuba before it gets spoiled, before it gets ruined by American capitalism, <laughs> which is this like weird, you know, we want the place, we want to visit the place before it gets corrupted by our access to it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm definitely rambling a lot, and hopefully there is a point. There is definitely no preparation here, but I just think that there's some really fucking troubling things that are ahead, regardless of who wins this election. And part of it is to just talk about, you know, I don't ever mean to condescend to any younger generations because I know how frustrating that is. However... One of the virtues or, or, you know, one of the inherent wisdoms of aging, if you're someone who's paying attention, obviously boomers have shown <laughs> that there can also be a lot of denial and uh, lack of self-awareness that comes with age as well and regret that gets covered up with not acknowledging faults. Uh, I don't know. That got personal <laughs> with my family. But, you know, I think maybe everybody can relate. Or maybe some people, maybe I'm the only one with old parents they can't, or, uh, yeah, old parents they can't really relate to. And definitely grandparents whose, like, experience seems so fucking alien. But, okay, let's transition real quick. Let's talk about the, the election and what is considered, you know, going on on this, like, rah-rah-rah fascism. Okay, because... Italian fascism was deeply rooted in the fact that there's a few things in my understanding of it that really matter. And part of my knowledge base comes from having read the Futurist Manifesto and sort of I am fascinated with futurism specifically because it comes from a country that at the time was very far behind from you know it was, Italy was a very rural country and there was this need to break from the past there was this fascination with technology one of everybody's favorite stories which is from the futurist manifesto is that Marinetti's riding a car and they're going you know super fast they're getting a buzz from just the excitement of essentially riding the fastest go-kart at the time and I, I, I you know, make it similar to that because to at that ex like driving a car is fucking boring, but driving a go kart is kind of fun, <laughs> right? So that's the, I the closest I can come to imagining what this fucking automobile was and just the passion for it and just like oh my god, th these machines will solve all of our fucking problems. And as we know, you know, fascism evolves into in Germany where a, a thing where there's like science that everybody gets really excited about <laughs> and then that leads to eugenics so i think that the notion that secularism is the s solution to everything is a little bit misguided i think that there needs to be some sort of understanding for the human experience and how people process existence because i can't say i'm a fucking expert at that and if you have a framework that works for you, I mean, who the fuck am I to say, you know? And I understand that uh, there's some concerns about, like, oppression and stuff like that and the church and, and whatnot. But in reality, dude, 
it's not the church that we need to be afraid of at this point. At this point, all the fucking abuse of power comes from the state and corporate power, right? That's what we mean. You, you know, it used to be the church and the state, and now it's... I mean, of course, there's there's exceptions like when Kamala Harris doesn't prosecute child molesters in San Francisco. Uh, there's There's, like, obviously, you know, there's still problems with the church, but... I think that the real issue with like our Supreme Court right now is this thing where the real difference between all these candidates like Merrick Garland and all these motherfuckers is that they disagree on cultural issues, but all the business decisions that fuck everybody doesn't matter whether you're black or white or gay or straight or trans, obviously different people get affected at different rates. But the end objective is to create a lower class of people that, and I, I'm sorry, dude, this has been proved, like it sounds like conspiracy theory, but we're sitting on two economic collapses. And I want you to remember that Obama did the last one. So if you have any fucking delusions about who would have been in power, Hillary Clinton, and how it would have been handled differently, you're obviously not reading anything that isn't coming from a corporate perspective because the reality is that our entire legislative branch fucked us and now all this charade with Nancy Pelosi I don't even want to get into her but like this whole thing about how we can't get another package is because we pissed away any leverage that we had and they don't have to deal with us. And we'll see who's going to get affected by this. Obviously, I I think Biden's going to win. So that's why I'm already talking about this. I'm not voting for the motherfucker. I don't think he's a good human being. I, I think that the mathematics of uh, we need of him being the lesser of two evils is fucking delusional. One is a charlatan fucking businessman that did horrible shit. Uh, on a local level and it has corrupt business dealings with you know I don't really think Russia because it, it was proven that he has no relationship to Russia that when they want that that, that they scrambled to fucking have a relationship with them uh, they didn't have any like c connections I mean I don't even want to get into the Mueller report that shit was fucking the most boring thing and the most uh uh upsetting thing and if you really get into it the reality is that an outgoing presidency was really targeting an incoming presidency and for what they gave him everything that he wanted politically in terms of military budget like they don't disagree with trump they don't disagree with his corruption the uh, biden's kid does exactly the same thing it is fucking ridiculous but anyway Going back to the, the, to the major point of the first 15 minutes, and I guess I'll sort of wrap it up right now with that and then move on to something else, but this fascism where, you know, I don't say anything really offensive. I don't say anything from a right perspective. I actually think very much from a leftist perspective, which is insane to me that that is getting shut up now. And the people that are doing it are not the people that are on the left. 
okay? You cannot be on the left and ask for censorship. I know there's authoritarianism and all of that, but that is is state leftism, right? We've talked about this before. Maybe I haven't, maybe I've just posted about it, but communism is stateless. That's why it's as closely associated with anarchism. And now what we have is anarcho-capitalism, which is the notion that there shouldn't be a state. Everything should be privatized. And if you've ever read the book Snow Crash, and you're familiar with Mark Zuckerberg's comments about how he wants to make the metaverse, this is how these people think of the world. We're not going to be, you know, the U.S. government at some point, what they want is it is to it for it to be completely powerless. And that's how they play the relationship. The idea that Facebook and the state are not in cahoots is fucking ridiculous. They are because Facebook doesn't want them to legislate against them. So they do whatever the fuck the U.S. government wants so that it doesn't happen. And they're also doing weird shit where they're censoring people, which is part of the broader conversation. But no one ever just wakes up and decides, I'm going to be a fascist. Fascism, you think you're doing good. That's what Italian fascism was centered around, right? It was the only time that the mafia... Became close to being destroyed in Italy. All of this Medici glad handing bullshit that goes back centuries, they put a stop to that power and influence, and people were for that because, you know, so, so fascism, fascists are not necessarily intrinsically evil by design, they're not born horrible people. They're well-intentioned people that do fucked up shit. And they create this groupthink, this fucking bubble, this reality. And we just had that shit destroyed with COVID-19. Our reality has been fucking shattered entirely. Our economy, people's livelihoods have been taken from them. And they are showing you Exactly what they think of you. And fascists are using the language of the oppressed to perpetuate oppression. Straight up. It's a horrible fucking time to be alive. It's also fascinating though. But for a lot of people, it, they don't get to enjoy it from that perspective. They don't have a job. Now, a lot of these fucking crazy fascists that are quote-unquote liberals and don't realize that what they're promoting is authoritarianism, it's like if you went to the church and you asked them to fucking silence people. That's exactly the relationship 
that big tech, Silicon Valley, all these fucking institutions, which are the machines of surveillance, you know, they're the author, they're, they're, they're the creators of these technologies that serve the state. It used to be a big deal that you couldn't fucking walk around without being on surveillance. Then everybody got an iPhone. It's a fucking weird, weird time, man. So that's the other thing about this fascism, right? We were talking about the story. I forgot. I got distracted. But the story of Marinetti, he's in the car. He falls in the ditch. And in the ditch, there's this, like, runoff from... factories right so like whatever he's swerving there it's it's very poetic it's uh you know i think marinetti fancied himself a poet and he he did uh, he did some really interesting shit and it's fascinating because he, it is one of the only right wing le uh, uh, avant-garde movements in art and the fascination with technology all of that shit it spawned like i grew up in a neighborhood that was influenced, you, it, all the neighborhoods were influenced in a great way by futurist architects. Uh, Antonio Santelia, I think his name is. And uh, he was a fascist too. These people all fucking, like Santelia died in the uh, <laughs> fighting before uh, Mussolini really came into his prominence. So these people were 100% pro-fascism and so Marinetti, he's, he's writing this manifesto. He, he, it's very poetic about the raging beast and the iron lung inside of it and breathing smoke and all of this shit. He falls out of the car somehow when he swerves because they're confronted with another car. And I guess it's early enough that people really don't know. Remember, this is rural Italy. He falls into a fucking ditch and there's all this runoff from factories and he falls in there and he sticks his hand in the water and he tastes it and he's like, oh my God, this is what we should consume, you know, to be more like machines. And like, and that is what we're like right now. I feel like, I think that that is the kind of fascism that we are perpetuating. It's this idea that technology will save us. We're breaking from the past. We're breaking from oppression through all these, you know, oh, look at all these people and they have access to, you know, you've never been able to, but then they can cut off your livelihood if you get canceled. So, it's a really fucked up time because information is getting suppressed and journalism is slowly dying as they prosecute Julian Assange. I actually don't even know what happened to Julian Assange's extradition hearing. Uh, I think the trial ended, but I never saw what the result was, so... Let's see. So it looks like uh, Julian Assange is not going to have his verdict announced until January 4th, even though his uh, trial is over. Uh, that's a good way to start off the fucking year. <laughs> but nobody's talking about that. None of the people that really care about fascism are interested in talking about the reality that is happening, right? Trump, yes, he's a fascist, and yes, he's the one that's prosecuting him. But Obama tortured Chelsea Manning. 
for fucking doing it. <laughs> you know, he if you look at like how many whistleblowers President Obama prosecuted, it's more than all other presidents combined. So when we're talking about fascism and we're talking about the state working with its partner, which used to be the church, but now the state's partner is not the church. The state's partner is Facebook, Apple, Google. And now these motherfuckers are getting in cahoots with people all over the world. If you think that the NBA kowtowing to China and making it so that you can't put free Hong Kong or whatever the fuck, you can't do, there's a lot of things you can't put on their jerseys, on your own personalized jersey, you so that you don't walk around tarnishing their brand, so that there's no like pictures of their brand associated with that message. Now, why do you think that, you know, like we got Mark Cuban saying like, oh, they're customers and I have no problem with working with customers. This is like, I'm not talking about 5G conspiracies, guys. I'm talking about a track record for our government wanting means of controlling us. And now they are against the oligarchs in Russia, but they're for the Chinese government, which technically never stopped being a socialist state, even though they have a market. So it's, you know, all these other countries, they're just test kitchens. One of the things that I grew up, um, well, in reality, I grew up not really following soccer, just being in its shadow in a culture because I grew up in Italy. Uh, but eventually I became a Roma fan. And when I finally got to the stadium in my uh, late teens, because as a kid, my parents felt like it was a little too dangerous. I think they may have been overreacting. I was in Italy for the 1990 World Cup. And they were like, we're not fucking taking you. I was 10 around the time. So I think it would have been fine. But there's a lot of like myth and shit. There's just, you just don't sit in the Curva Sud. But, um, or in whatever, like the rowdy part of the, of the pitches. I still never sat in the Curva Sud. I think it would be fine though. But uh, actually, they don't they don't play at the Stadio Olimpico anymore. But anyways, the Stadio Olimpico, Roma played there for a very long time, and their rival was Lazio. For those of you that don't know, some of you will, Lazio was founded in the 1920s by fascists. So the rivalry there is very much tied to that. Before I ever entered the soccer stadium to see a game as a kid I did actually go to a complex next to it that was built by Mussolini Il Duce now over here there's a lot of discussion about tearing down monuments and it makes sense because the oppressors are still in power but when fascism was uh, you know specifically we're talking about Italy I know that they left all the concentration camps there are no concentration camps in Italy by the way 
as far as I know. That that might actually not be correct. My 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 cultural experience is that that was not a fucking thing, but maybe there may have been. I don't know, but um. So over there, when we take down fascism, what we did when we took down fascism, like I was part of it. What we did as a country, what America did, is um, first of all they gave all those motherfucker health insurance and all that shit like right germany has a great country we never talk about you know we always talk about dictators we never talk about that and the fact that angela merkel has been in power fucking since what not i don't even know but uh i think it's been like 15 years at least that's fucking strange right especially because she's fucking german and they had that whole austerity shit with in the last economic crash i think they're different this time I don't know what the deal is with that. I'm actually out of my depth here. But essentially the point being that they didn't take down the fucking monuments. You could go there. So as a kid, there's this racetrack and it has all these um, all these statues of, I think they're gods and whatnot. It was an Olympic, like the Stadio Olimpico is part of a broader Olympic thing that was there. And... Uh, yeah, it was, it's a beautiful place. It's like very interesting architecture. And I was thinking about that shit today. Cause I'm obviously thinking a lot about Italian fascism right now. And, um, it made me think about how like neoclassicism, that's what we call, like, I guess, I think that's correct. That's what we call sort of the Washington, not the Washington Monument, but the Lincoln Memorial and all that, the Jefferson Memorial and all that shit that's, like, very um, iconic in our history. But essentially, like, if the word had existed, you could also just call that shit simulacra, right? Even though it's made out of fucking marble and whatever, like, it's an imitation of something to sort of inspire this propagandistic but it's it's really <clears throat> not much of a difference it's architecture as propaganda and it's not much of a difference than like you know las vegas except <clears throat> with a lot more planning because <laughs> you don't have a fucking pyramid next to like france but uh, you get the concept that i'm trying to lay out here like we know that our shit is fake we know that all of our shit is fake and we just had a touch of that. And now everybody is rushing out of fear to the comfort of this fucking fascist administration, the Obama administration. And we're going to get into that because I want to talk about habeas corpus. Because I'll keep it brief, but basically Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act of fiscal year 2012. And it has section 1021, I think it is. And it's the most, yeah, it is 1021 to 1022 of Title X, subtitle D, enter, uh, entitled counterterrorism, in quotes. Uh, I'm reading off of Wikipedia. Wikipedia is very problematic. But... I think it'll serve our purposes right now for this. I will get into that at a later date about why that shit is a problem. But it's basically in section 1021, 
They authorize the indefinite military detention of persons the government suspects of involvement in terrorism. So I want to take us back to the Obama campaign because there's a lot of people that are shitting on Trump voters for like voting against their interests and believing things that he said, like he would take us out of wars and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, a lot of that shit was a lie. But we had a president who we elected in 2008 and served from 2009 to whatever the fuck, uh, who campaigned on this idea that he was going to shut down Guantanamo Bay. And we believe that motherfucker. But not only did this motherfucker not shut down Guantanamo Bay, he expanded our war effort and took us from two wars, the Iraq and the Afghanistan war, to seven, which I can't even fucking remember. I just know there's seven. The biggest highlight for me being Libya. But we digress. So not only did he expand our war effort, not only did he bomb with drones at a 90% civilian casualty rate. So 90% of the people that were killed by the drone program that Obama, droner-in-chief, deporter-in-chief, was uh, known for, killed 90% civilians. And if you're hoping that it is exaggerated, that like the number, uh, the, the, the idea that he bombed that many civilians is unsettling to you and you're just like, oh, the program was, was, the drone program was not that big. They fucking ran out of bombs. That's how many people this motherfucker bombed. Our indu military industrial complex could not satiate his desire to bomb civilians. But here's the thing. You know that fucking poem that a lot of these liberal fascists put out on Instagram? The one that says, first they came for the communists? Okay. These motherfuckers are globalists. Not the fascist liberals. The fascists. They're globalists. They see the world as theirs. They're imperialists. So when you're thinking about that poem in terms of like, oh, we got to protect the citizens of our own country, and you're lazy about imperialism, what ends up happening is you're not, you're, you're, you're not seeing what's coming. The rest of the world is a fucking test kitchen. That's the legacy of, La of, of the U.S. and Latin America. They fuck with people, see what they can get away with. They fuck with brown people, see what they can get away with. And then it becomes something that they apply elsewhere. That's why they bring in Israeli soldiers who work in the West Bank to keep Palestinians locked in, and they bring them out here 
to uh, to Honduras, not out here. They bring him to Honduras <laughs> and they fucking train soldiers there on counter-migration tactics. Because what Hillary Clinton and Biden did back in, uh, I forget what year it was, but part of our foreign policy during the Obama administration was called the Biden Plan. And the Biden Plan was basically to turn Honduras into an open-air prison. So when you see that caravan coming and you see Trump demonizing it, man, and you're angry at Trump, god damn do you look dumb, bro. God damn do you not see what's happening. <laughs> I'm sorry to be mean to you right there. You're my audience. But oh, it fucking pisses me off so much. When you do not care about people, when you allow your government to dehumanize people that aren't from within your borders. What are you really fucking doing to yourself? It's it's fucking tragic to just see people like so desperate to go back to that. So desperate to go back to the man who built the cages that Trump put people in. It just boggles my fucking mind. The idea that you fight fascism with fascism to return to fascism. It's just too fucking much for me to handle. I feel safe at my job and in this little bubble. I don't like everybody I work with. Not everybody I work with likes me. But it's a stasis. And it's a safe fucking place. And everybody outside of here thinks the solution of going is uh, uh, of like, first of all, they think that there's anything different. The difference is that it's incompetent. And it shows its fucking sores. Because the disease is not maintained. But now you want to go back to this fucking guy. This president that promised us that he was going to dismantle this like surveillance state thing where people were held indefinitely in Cuba, which is my country of origin that I've never fucking been to. Where we were sending brown motherfuckers from another place and learning how to do horrible things to them that they could come back and do to brown motherfuckers over here. And I say motherfuckers with sympathy. I, I might as well have said poor bastards. It is fucking mind-blowing that we want to go back to the guy 
We want to go back to that world. That's how scared we are about it being out in the open. We want to go back into fucking denial. It just kills me, man. This guy suspended habeas corpus. Obama. Suspended sounds like temporary. No, he fucking killed that shit. We had that shit since the fucking Middle Ages. It was a concept and maybe not necessarily apply justly. Obviously, we see that. But now, when you go and you fucking protest Breonna Taylor's death, you can be charged with terrorism. Because there are acts of public dissent against the state. And when Obama passed that shit, there were some of us, like me, who said this was going to happen. Because we remember the idiot George W. Bush and how he applied the law. And the fucking random concepts that he came up about the executive branch and the powers that were bestowed upon them and all this shit. And the Patriot Act and blah, 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 blah. But that's what we want. That's what we're fucking swimming. Those, that's the island we want to go back to because we're so scared of this fucking reality. And this like clinging on to this nostalgia about how things were when we had a black president, bro, that motherfucker is gentrifying a neighborhood in Chicago to put up his own library. This is class fucking war. And they do this shit to brown people and then they come and they do it to us. Those of us that have passports. Even people browner than me that have passports. And if you think that the fucking border that you live in is going to fucking protect you long term. This is just how they divide a mass of people. There are more people that are poor in this world than anybody else. And they run the courts and they run everything. And that's why you have Diane Feinstein giving shit to kids that want the Green New Deal when they come and talk to her. Instead of turning it into a photo op, she just shits all over them. And then when they're doing the confirmation hearing with uh, Barrett, you have Diane Feinstein hugging and, you know, Praising the hearings as some of the best ever. While every fucking fascist is telling you to vote. For like, dude, if you do not realize that the reason that McConnell was able to push the vote back was because they wanted to make it a bring people out to the polls issue during the Hillary campaign. You do not understand what is going on at all. And if you think that they give a fuck 
about confirming they the only thing that they give a fuck about is not giving people money. We bombed white people during World War II and we gave them socialism. We bombed white people during World War II who were killing Jewish people and we gave them socialized medicine and all of Europe fucking thrived because of it now. And we bomb brown people and we give them dick. Because what we really do to them is we take that shit away. And that's how empire works. There's legacy there. It's fucking eternal. So, I can only hope that everything will collapse. Because voting for that fucking dude twice, Mr. President Obama, who deported more fucking people, who basically set up the infrastructure that Trump has used against protesters in Portland. You know, you got to think about the idea. I, I want to amend something that I said on the uh, last time that I had an episode that was just me, where I said the idea of people having guns isn't, you know, the government is going to roll on you. And that was actually a mistake. The government is never going to roll on you if you have guns and you are in or if you are simpatico to the power structure, which is why you got that protester who applied the gun rationale of like, I was feeling threatened and the dude actually had a fucking knife. And when the cops came to him, they shot him 30 times. I mean, they didn't hit 30 times. I'm not, they're not that confident. But I'm telling you, man, a lot of people out there are fascist by accident, fascist by outrage. And then there's a lot of people that are not. And the people that get press, the people who are celebrated, are the ones that are fascists. Because that's the voice that you want to elevate when you want control of people. They voted to give more, you, you know, this CARES Act that passed, the fact that we can't pass anything, the tragedy is not now. The tragedy already happened. This is the effect They stopped the economy over COVID. They didn't give anybody shit. You'll hear from uh, somebody from Australia in one of the episodes that I have banked who felt bad at talking about it because it was like, damn, you guys are fucking struggling. But it is that bad for a lot of people. So she was getting, or this, the, you know, the Australian uh, government I don't know if it's still the case, but at the time that I had the interview was giving 
the citizens, I think, uh, three grand every month. That's what they think of you in this country. It's just good enough that you live here. You're fucking lucky to live here because you have that delusion that someday you're going to fucking win and your life is going to be better. But all the work, all the effort, all the money is not in your favor. So when you support that shit, you are a fascist. If we got to fucking confront the horrors that we do as Americans the same way that the Germans in those famous pictures where they confront the reality of what was behind all the propaganda and the dehumanization and like what it actually looked like. If we could do that as human beings, if we had a press that showed that to us, that was anti-establishment, we would see that. But we fucking don't. And it's really hard for people to take that on. So like I said, these fascists, they think they're doing good. Not the ones at the top. Not the oligarchs setting people against each other. The ones on the left saying that it's good. Or the ones that claim to be on the left. That read the New York Times. That listen to NPR. NPR had an article that was fucking brilliant. You know, the idea that you need to read every fucking article that's posted for the nuance. Nowadays, I have decided it's entire bullshit. Because sometimes a headline is so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> that it doesn't even matter what the article is, what the nuance in the article is the the clickbait intention is so preposterous which is uh what was it it was something about how experts say which is my favorite thing about the liberal fascist mindset they don't realize that there were a lot of fucking scientific fic experts in Nazi Germany I highly recommend listening to the episode about Mengele uh, that uh, the last podcast on the left did because, man, Mengele is still a brand. Mercedes-Benz is still a brand. Mitsubishi is still a brand. You know, like, do not fool yourself about the importance of uh, I guess Jap ja the Japanese were imperialists, not fascists, but technology and all of that shit and our ability to just like forget about that, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, I've lost my place. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But it's, I guess the main point is that Obama took away one of the most important rights that we had. And we gained that right when we were just a fucking well, like when 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 society was run by monarchy. So to be an asshole and be like, "Hey, I continue to think that this is important that I keep talking about it," is the the two concepts of liberty, liberty. Uh, but the idea that you know. 
we all shit on monarchy right now as a society that's evolved and all of that. But a lot of the concepts that we're fighting for, like healthcare and all of these things, are social programs that are based in a mindset that is more 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 monarchic in the sense that uh, it's less important who governs you and what their politics are more than um, as much as what freedoms are provided to you by the state, I guess, is the best way to summarize it. And that's not a black and white thing either because there are problems with that mindset as well, right? No one's saying that there's any fucking solution. But we just keep going deeper and deeper in this shit. So anyway, I guess as we're wrapping up, I don't I, I don't have anyone that I want to vote for. Right? So like in reality, the the Green Party. I mean, obviously I'm not gonna vote for fucking Trump. And I think that the notion that voting for anybody but Biden is such a lazy fucking fascist thing to say. It has no nuance. It is the most basic access to politics without any critical thought. It's like something that, you know, you're just repeating something that you heard without actually considering what it means. Because it's the equivalent of saying like, well, you know, Hillary Clinton really won. And I think that that comes from somebody else. I don't know if it was Tim Dillon or Jimmy Dora, because those are the people that I've been listening to a lot lately. <laughs> Tim Dillon has definitely encouraged me to fucking just do a freestyle episode. But I hope my style is not derivative. I think I've been working on my thing for long enough. But um, one of them said something to the effect of that's like saying that Hillary won the election without recognizing that there is this oppressive system called the electoral college. Like it's just like this fantasy world that you're living in where the world is that fucking simple. The reality is that if you vote third party and you live in a red or blue state, you're not voting for fucking Trump. There's just no argument for that because neither state is is expected to go either way. You can fucking argue gerrymandering and whatever, all that. Maybe, I think it's Jerry, not jury. And uh, you can argue all that shit, but the reality is that these are the rules that are on the fucking books. And one of the rules that's on the books is that if, I think it's, if a, it's a 5% threshold on... Uh, uh, or uh, 5%, if you reach 5% on the vote vote uh, in the general election, you get funding if you're a third party. You get matching funds from the government, which would be a fucking amazing help. And so, I like I said, I don't know who the fuck I really want. I still haven't written it in. I know who, I'm gonna, who I've decided I, I'm going to vote for, but I have problems with Howie Hawkins because I don't think that... Uh, 
I actually, I, it's been a while since I looked into this, but I'm pretty sure that there was a scandal. I know Jimmy Dore had him on his show and interviewed him, which was great to actually hear him talk. And uh, I appreciate that Jimmy Dore was able to be critical of him as like a personality. And there's sort of a sense that a lot of people do not are not willing to be demonized to the extent that Jill Stein was. So they're not really like, you know, the charming people aren't running for that position, which was an interesting perspective. So, but I read a while back, which was one of the reasons that I had kind of written off the Green Party, that there was some rigging going on and uh, to get him elected. Because I definitely was one of the people that wanted jesse ventura to run i think he would have been a great person i definitely doubt that people in the establishment would have wanted him to him in an in a debate but having him tweet at trump i think would have been good and at biden would have been good for a lot of people and so if you vote for that kind of candidate though i've decided it's still more important to get a viable third perspective one of the things that you learn when you listen to the episodes on joseph mengele that the last podcast which is a true crime podcast so it's very graphic they get into the details not because it's fun to be gory but it's important to have to understand the extent of the fucking horrors that human beings have done to each other so uh in that they talk about how, you know, I, and this goes back to the uh, liberal fascist, this fantasy that when you have everybody in your side in power, you know, everything will be fine, <laughs> right? Like, but, and there, we live in a super majority here in California, and I am fucking appalled by how Republican and right wing. The politics are out here. Uh, we don't have health insurance. We ha treat homeless people like shit. It should not fucking be happening. And uh, it does not need to be. There's a lot of people in real estate in power out here. And that's how that goes. And so this fantasy that democratic fascists have uh, uh, that like if you just... Uh, incompetently attack the right wing and beat them on the merits of your argument without, uh, you know, actually giving people anything that they can come out and vote for, you're somehow going to get a supermajority like you do out here in California and, like, that's going to be the solution. What I would say to that is just remember, man, uh, according to the last podcast research, they... It, the, the one of the things that made German fascism so effective is that they had a lot of people in bureaucratic positions and in position, science positions. And I don't want, you know, like that's why Operation Paperclip, I think it was, was the one where we took a bunch of Nazi uh, scientists and used them. Uh, Joseph Mengele was not one of them because... His science was very fucking flawed. Uh, I forget exactly what the details were, but I remember that series and I 
have listened to it a few times. I will probably listen to it again when I can fucking stomach to listen to the horrors. I think right now it's a little too close to home. But, um, you know, the idea being that, like, if you just staff a whole thing, and I'm not, like, comparing Democrats to Nazis. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm, comp- I'm saying they are fascists, but I'm not saying that they are anti-Semitic, uh, genocidally uh, intentioned people. Eh, that could be argued. Some maybe are in terms of like how they think about uh, communities outside of the U.S. But what I am saying is that the, it's, it's, it's a problematic thing when you think that the solution to the problem is to limit perspectives and to fill an entire government with people of one ideology. I think that... Uh, you know, uh, genocide and anti-Semitism aside, that is something that we should all be worried about. And so in terms of my vote, and those are the stakes by which I make these decisions, and I don't take this shit fucking lightly, despite the possibility that there was some rigging in the election to get Howie Hawkins going. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I, I uh, just lightly know about the issue and, uh, and posted about it ironically without really uh, informing this conversation uh, that much. But in the position that I'm in, when I see an organization like the Democratic Party celebrating the fact that they got a third party off of the ballot in Pennsylvania and thinking that is a victory. I struggle with that deeply because ideologically that's not, uh, that's definitely authoritarian. So yeah, there have been leftist governments that perpetuate that, but conceptually that's not a a leftist ideal, right? Like I'm not talking about like hard communism or like that, like just on a basic level. Um, when you take, let's, let's, all right, right now we have a situation where you have three options and one of the people, one of the three options decided to exercise questionable and in some cases illegal. We're just talking about Pennsylvania. They did it in other places where they had people withdraw their petitions and stuff like that, but they definitely did some fucked up shit that was illegal to uh, and definitely immoral to get the green party off of the the um the ballot in Pennsylvania specifically and since it's a battleground state people are celebrating that shit and so you got three options one is killing the other because they think that they're righteous enough to take on the most evil but if we let's let's take that uh, let let's simplify that. Let's say there's no third party, and we're just got two options. And then one party is so righteous that let's say it's just the Democrats and Republicans. Let's just say the we decide that the Democrats are so fucking righteous, their perspective on everything is so correct that we allow them to just 
take out the Republican Party and now we're just a one-party system. Is that good for us? And I've decided that it's not. And and so I think that that's basically the same thing that's happening. Uh, it's you, You're not adding freedom in any, you know, in, in the positive or negative sense, if we're talking about Isaiah Berlin's two concepts of liberty, you're not adding, you're, it, you, there is a net loss of freedom, which is one of the ways that he speaks about this. And for me, that's not right. And uh, whatever you guys have decided, I'm not shaming you. I'm just talking this out with you because I think eventually you will see things my way. Um, cause it's, it's hard to, you know, you get, you slowly dip your toe into this shit. And this is the second economic crash. I think a lot of people understand what's happening this time is not an accident. People are not starving by accident while the, the, uh, what is it? The, the stock market, I was going to say the Dow, but who cares about that? Like while the stock market goes up so i remember i moved out here in california when the obama administration was doing their bailout which led to occupy wall street and shit like that like i can't fucking do it i just can't i can't do people harm like that? Again, the worst two things that I've done to other human beings are vote for Obama twice because he took mine and everybody's rights away to have due process. As faulty as we are aware that going to fucking the judicial system is, now they can just take you. So... Yeah, if the Democrats, if the fascists don't want me to vote third party, I'm voting third party. And I am definitely, you know, like our supermajority out here, they don't agree with the, um, with, with, like the, they're, they're, well, first of all, they're, they endorse Jackie Lacey. So if you take the, if you're the kind of voter that takes the Democratic guide and just votes straight Democratic ticket still, like, oh man, you got some disappointment ahead of you. And I've, I have nothing but sympathy because your reality is going to be disrupted very soon and very quickly. And um, yeah, BLM is against Jackie Lacey. BLM is a bunch, is against like the, uh, of the six things that were on the front page of the mailer that they sent or on the, you know, of the flyer that they sent me. It's, uh, it, you know, there were six things Three of them, I think, were in conflict with Black Lives Matter's voting strategy, and one of them wasn't mentioned, and then there was even more shit that they disagreed with, or like maybe one or two. I don't want to make it sound like it was like a million. But um, but yeah, so I can't vote for for the Democratic Party. I mean, I haven't been able to for a while. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because I thought she was a war criminal, like... Uh, Barack Obama and Biden are. They presided over uh, the destabilizing of a country that gave up their w nuclear weapons program 
and you know we just fucking destroyed them because they tried to get off of our currency because they felt like it was in their best interest like that's the business we do we are brutal fucking business people and i don't want to be a part of that and i don't want to harm anybody and if trump is back in office like in the unlikely event that he is like i don't give a fuck that's on you guys you guys are the ones that care about that level of fascism for me it's the same shit it really is maybe i'm wrong but yeah i'm also compromising when i make my vote for howie hawkins because it's the only way to get a third perspective in there as far as i can tell if the libertarian party got some grounding i would be fucking happy for that too although they're fucking crazy people i disagree with them incredibly but then there would be two voices on the right instead of just one fucking voice and there would be at least some discourse you know there's like at least there are not everybody on the right is a fucking nut job i know a bunch of people that are on the right because they come from oppressive leftist governments and they do exist and i'm not denying that shit so i have understanding for that but we are a fucking fascist country and instead of you know like uh germany and italy were not when they were fascist it wasn't about the church right it was about industry and technology so uh a lot of people are fighting old enemies when the new enemy is their fucking phone and i'm guilty of that shit too i'm on my shit all the time but anyway i should wrap up thank you so much for listening to this garbage <laughs> i don't really know what the fuck i'm talking about hopefully i won't get canceled for having opinions that are anti-democratic party but not right-wing and hopefully i won't get in trouble for being too far left because uh, i'm definitely not somebody who thinks that we should live in a socialist state but i do think that when there is uh, the implementation of universal socialist programs that can be beneficial and i definitely don't want to live in a monarchy but it is tragic that we are going back to policies of medieval times without anybody giving a shit and this reality tv star who represents all the entertainment that most of us consume and a lot of the people that are outraged with him a lot of the leftist or the the liberal fascists out there uh that's what they hate they hate that their entertainment the crudeness it's only supposed to be in one this in this one compartment it's the the I, I watch the real housewives for that. I don't want that shit in my government. And the reality is is that they hate it because they love it. Nobody you know, if there's if doing a podcast and having like my limited uh and it's very fucking limited. I mean <laughs> I don't even have a hundred listeners a week. <laughs> i get 100 downloads a week but i don't think i or maybe i'm bad at math maybe i do have 100 listeners a week uh but if there's one fucking thing i've learned from interacting with people that are angry at me 
furious at me is that like when people say that haters are fans, oh my God, is it true? Ugh. And so you got to check your hatred for Trump, man, because it's doing things to you. <laughs> it's blinding you to the fucking real evil that is performatively resisting him while giving him everything he wants, all the spying powers. They gave him spying powers while they were accusing him of working with Russia and rigging our election, bro. Like, ugh, the fucking pretzels. It's that, Do you understand what the fascist is? It's a right-wing fucking ultra-nationalist that needs to, you know, control everything, the world, and decency, and make sure that justice rings out and terrorists get silenced. And who cares if it's a 90% collateral damage rate? That's why we call it collateral damage instead of 90% killed civilians. Anyway. Have a good election, guys. And uh, if you're looking for inspiration this summer, this this summer, this Halloween, I've been watching a lot of The Purge, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. <laughs>